Actors, we've all got issues, so let's talk about them. I'm your host, Juaniala, and this is Actors with Issues. Hello, ladies, gents, and non-binary friends. Welcome to another episode of Actors with Issues, where we talk shop with guests from TV, film, and Broadway, exploring their careers, breaking down industry myths, and what it means to be an actor today. I'm your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we are joined by three of the stars of Open To It, a new comedy series that made its premiere on OutTV on January 2nd, and you can catch new episodes on Tuesdays through January 16th. Please welcome series star and creator Frank Arthur Smith, and stars Tim Wardell, and welcome back, Jason Casades. Gents, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having so first off, uh, I mean, huge congrats to you guys. I binged the first three episodes, like many have already, and absolutely <laughs> love the show. And just what y'all are exploring with such a funny, light touch, and it feels just very real and honest while also being really fucking funny like <laughs> just the way you guys handle things is so great so in, in ways that we haven't really seen depicted anywhere obviously we know there's a huge lack of representation of queer people in in media and if it's in comedy we're often the butt of the joke or and whatnot so seeing it represented this way has been really cool so first yeah, here we congrats. keep the butts and the jokes separate so <laughs> well i was gonna i was gonna say our butts are the jokes so that's <laughs> My bite is very, very serious. I don't know series, but it takes a lot of hard work. Jason didn't pay me to say this, um, but he has been accused of having a butt double before. And that oh, is how it is dare they? My butt. <laughs> the nerve. So, Frank, getting the series off the ground from paper to premiere, what was that whole process like getting the show off the ground? Oh, so many tears. Um, no, I actually, it's been a long time coming. I was working on a Showtime series where the lead was also the writer and director. And that's what first inspired me to be like, what what smutty story do I have in me? Um, and so it sort of grew from there over a number of years. And like, I've been inspired by a lot of gay series. Like, there's plenty of good, fun stuff out there, like East Siders, The Outs, like, Please Like Me, that explore polyamory. But I felt like it was often done in a more dramatic fashion and I was like you know there's been some sexy stupid stuff that's happened to me why not put it on screen so here we are and Tim and Jason what was the what was your involvement process like was it sort of the traditional audition process or were you involved like during development or earlier on I auditioned yeah so that's how I I got on board it was just through cold auditioning <laughs> and Frank was like I think I think you could be my tv boyfriend and I was like great thanks Specifically against the other actors, I was like, they played a little too nice and like we were reading the same energy. And I was like, Tim's enough of a bitch. This will work. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would come in handy one day. <laughs> me being a bitch. I'm pretty sure, didn't you say you went home to Eddie and were like, I think I played that too bitchy. I think so, yeah. I was like, I was kind of a little too snarky, but <laughs> it worked. Mine was the same. I, I, I think the first audition was a self-tape, if I remember correctly. Mm. Oh, back yeah. um, I think you I think you called back maybe like three or four other Princetons. Mm -hmm. I did not think I was going to get it. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to toss this one <laughs> and went in with a very ridiculous, silly attitude. I may have been the only actor to take my shirt off. <laughs> and toss it at Frank's face, which made it into the final edit. <laughs> yeah, that actually, that is absolutely right. And Tim did something, I was about to say similar, no, but something Tim did in the audition made it into the final edit too, and even the trailer when he was like, 
uh, when I was like, name one guy who's hotter, it's just scripted as you, but Tim like kept like saying you, 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 and like pursuing me across the room. And I thought that was like adorable. And that ended up, you know, making it in. And I've been harvesting their ideas and positioning them as mine ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd get writing credits. <laughs> you <don't. laughs> and you'll have some great guest stars um, throughout this, um, hopefully first of many seasons. Um, you have some drag race legends like Manila Luzon, Pandora Box, Honey Davenport, Laganja Stranja. Uh, what was it like working with them and getting them involved? Was that sort of a easy process? And um, I have a follow up question to that. So we'll just we'll start we'll start there. <laughs> yeah, they're all wonderful to work with. They we've worked mm. with every one of them multiple times now, and in fact, we're filming with them again at the end of February for our Pride special, which is about a drag queen story hour that gets interrupted by protesters so it's sort of a more serious mm -hmm. episode but like they're all very down Laganja's directing it and I'm um very excited by that but it was a different process to get everyone on board like Laganja worked out really well where I was like I was so nervous because I wrote her agent and I was like there's no chance he'll write me back and he was like wouldn't you know it she's flying into town the night you need her and I think he'd like written it off as a travel day so he was like great she can take a gig and I was like ah, what so that was very cool um Pandora I met through a friend and she was awesome and very down. Um, and then uh, Honey, I also met through a friend. And finally, Manila, Jason deserves all the credit. How did we convince Manila to join the show, Jason? Oh, God, we have never <laughs> told this story. <laughs> you, you can tailor it thus. This you won't is... be contradicting yourself. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> doesn't paint me in the best light, but it's fine. <laughs> so we went to um, DragCon together to promote the first three episodes yep. of Open Tuesday. Yeah. Um, we had a booth, we had flyers, we were handing out stuff. Now, the thing about DragCon <laughs> is that the drag queens all have alcohol <laughs> behind sure the booth that they're hiding from other people. Mm -hmm. And I had previously worked at DragCon um, as a model before, so I knew a few of the drag queens. Um, so I ran into Manila and she called me over and I was like, Frank, you gotta come. Manila has alcohol. So we went, we went to the back of Manila's booth. I was a little toasted by this point. <laughs> and I think my memory is a little foggy <laughs> about oh, what happened yeah. next. But what I recall is me going, you know, what will be great, Manila? You should be in our show. Frank, she should be in the show. Right, Frank? And then that's, that's what happened. <laughs> So what I went home and did, because there was no part for her, we were filming in a week. And I was like, I wow. literally don't have anything. So I like ran home to the script and I was like, shoot. And I like called Kim, who plays one of the women. I was like, Kim, can I cut your scene in half and give half of it to Manila? And she was like, sure, why not? So I like quickly re-edited, like rewrote her scene and like expanded it a little bit and gave it to Manila. And she was like, this is funny, great. Um, and all because Jason offered her a part that did not exist. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But hey, look at look at what we've created. <laughs> I was just watching her footage from season two. She's hysterically funny, and she and Jason She's play so very good. well off each other. They're like roommates on the show, and like she shows actually a very tender side with him while also like ribbing him properly. It's a good time. So there's already a season two being shot. Uh, it has all been shot except for the Pride special, actually. So oh, awesome. we um, have half season two edited, and half was just filmed, and we are editing now. Is there a, a is a TBD one that'll be coming out? Later this year? Um, so the Pride special, which sort of is between seasons one and two, that'll come out in June, actually. And season two will be out either late this year or beginning of next year. Awesome. But we'll be doing festivals and like screenings starting middle of the year. So Pride Month could be very special and gay for all of us. Let's find out. And are there any storylines that you haven't explored or put into the show yet that you are hoping to in, in future episodes or maybe personal stories that uh, you haven't put on the show yet? 
Um, Tim recently became a father <laughs> and I want his baby to be on the show. Um, and how that baby would factor into the show That's his is- crib right there. I want to, <laughs> I want to do I'm a storyline. I want to do a storyline where, like, I'm really afraid of being judged by my brother on the show, and then it turns out that my brother is also a giant man horn. We have that in common, um, but that he basically like leaves his baby for us to watch while he's just going and getting laid. And so we're kind of like, what? Do, and then a friend wants to come over our place, and we're like, we have a baby. We can't have someone over. What is this? What being a parent's like? <laughs> I haven't heard that yet, so great. <laughs> uh, I'll think about that. Uh, <laughs> Tim's, absolutely, Tim's absolutely not lending us his baby. already included. In yeah. This and has not asked permission. It's just like, Tim, your baby's in the show I'll just now. show up to set one day and Shay's there. And it's like, what? I'll be like, Naisha, can you grab some inserts? Our cinematographer, Naisha, she's great at like stealthily just grabbing footage. And I'll just be like, just, just get Shay right now. Get Shay. <laughs> some B-roll. And, uh, so uh on our show we often talk about sort of like lessons learned throughout um specific projects and whatnot so what was the takeaway for each of you uh after working on the or as i mean not after during as it's an ongoing process but uh what have you taken away from it what have you learned during while working on open to it um i guess putting my inhibitions aside <laughs> um, as you know there's lots of sex scenes in the show and so uh you know you kind of i think it, it was a good lesson for me to just kind of like just go for it which i think is also helpful just across the board with acting like just throw yourself in um and so that's been very helpful i think after i've already you know like after i've gotten rid of that kind of i don't know mindset i guess uh from the start of the show and Jason, what about you? Um, I think mine would be, I think trust as an overarching theme. So trust in my castmates um, that everything's going to be fine. We're all comfortable. We know our lines. We're free to play around. Like it'll be whatever I choose to do in the scene. My castmates will be okay with it because we know it's for the project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so trust in the process because sometimes things can be a little chaotic on set. And this is every set, not just specific to open to it um so sometimes it may seem like things are a little overwhelming or going a little off kilter but just trust that it'll work out um and trust in the writer that he will write me <laughs> good lines. and if not i'm gonna make stuff up anyway you sure will and it'll make it in and everyone will thank me for it um <laughs> honestly i one of the things i've learned is something jason already knew in your last episode actually jason that i listened to and was very impressed by of like you were talking about being an actor and auditioning and like I thought about making myself more this or less that and I realized like I get the parts I meant to get and I think similarly when I was starting out with this show I was really nervous about making it something that was like palatable that like what do I think people want when I try to make it instead of just being like I'm just making the show I want to make I'm honoring the voice I want it to have and people will like it or they won't and I think I've been fortunate in that people have responded well to it but also, like, I think by virtue of making it, I've been able to luckily attract the sort of collaborators and teammates that I wanted. Um, some really good friendships have arisen, actually, for making this series, including the two gentlemen here are on with me. Um, and Juan's going to be a good friend, too, I already know. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, having faith that, like, you just need to put yourself out into the world and not ask permission. Like, operating from a place of confidence, not fear. I think that's the simple way of putting it. 
I feel like that's definitely been a huge sort of talking point throughout our show is um, just learning to not change yourself or try and make yourself what you think casting wants because sometimes casting doesn't even know what the hell they want when it comes to a show the show's not made yet so they don't know the tone it's Mm -hmm. all sort of just a big guessing game you know people like to think that um even just filmmakers in general um sure you have a vision but you have the budget to execute that vision so they don't always have you know um the things that they need so sort of the actor can go in and sort of solve certain problems like that um, Even on established series, like I was working on a Disney Channel show where we did a rehearsal where the lockers were painted orange and the executive got kind of like very stern about like these lockers cannot be orange. You have to paint repaint these overnight. And I in the moment was like, that's dumb. I can't believe someone is getting upset about this. But the next day when I saw it against the characters costumes, I was like, oh, shoot, it really did need to be repainted. That didn't look right before. And I was like, sometimes you got to trust the process. Like, yeah. This is what it had to be. I'm sure none of the painters felt the way I felt because I just got to wake <laughs> up and see it different. But, you know. Well, orange yeah. is a Nickelodeon color. I mean, orange That's what I was going to say. I'm like, they were definitely thinking, <laughs> yeah. like, we can have orange lockers. It's Nickelodeon. That's not us. We're blue. <laughs> that was the note behind the note, I think, is stop being Nickelodeon. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Also, who let you near a Disney Channel show? <laughs> <laughs> It was before I was gay. Uh. <laughs> before. <laughs> and uh, for each of you, what advice do you have for actors who are looking to, um, you know, create their own web series? Because I feel like that's still some a, a great way for actors to um, create their own work. Not everyone wants to turn to social media and, and create funny TikToks. They want to create something longer form and actually tell a story. So what advice do you each have for, for an actor who wants to maybe delve into writing, producing, or just creating their own content? I mean, you just have to do it. I mean, you, you, you read a lot, read a lot of scripts. If you want to start writing, you have to know how to write a script. I mean, that's yeah. the basic thing. So uh i think I, I going back to what frank was saying like just trust in yourself and kind of follow your instincts and 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 not worry about what anyone else is saying and just just put your head down and do it jason has a saying that has stuck with me it's really i think resonant for anyone trying something out as an artist sometimes when you're taking a risk taking a swing reads like this can be a fishing line it doesn't have to be the whole meal I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in one thing and think this has to be my magnum opus. But like mm. I often say, and I mean it, if I'm making my best thing now, I'm going to hate my art for years to come. Like I yeah. want to like on age 100 be like making my best thing on my deathbed. Um, and so I would say like, I do think I'll give one pragmatic piece of advice and one more philosophical one. The pragmatic one would be if you can somehow crowdfund a fuller length episode, like over 20 minutes for comedy. I do think that is the most valuable. That's the feedback we've gotten every now and then when someone has said no of like, kind of like, oh, it would have been great if it had been 20 to 25 minutes. So I think like that can help. I absolutely understand that's more money, but I just think like if you want to have utility, that is absolutely an asset, the greater length. But if that's not in the cards, then I would say whatever you make, be it two minute, five minute episodes, just make sure it has the voice you want it to have and represents you the way you want it to for exactly Jason's reasoning of like, even if like, okay, it's destiny is just to be on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram, like that it's still someone can see it and be like, I know who this person is. I get their sense of humor or I get like what matters to them. Like I know how to work with this person. I would say my advice is don't overthink it. 
we're for some reason artists are conditioned to question themselves at any given moment mm -hmm. in their life that like other professions are not like we instill confidence in lawyers we instill confidence in doctors but we instill self-doubt in artists for some reason yeah. and um write to what you know everybody's so caught up and concerned with making the best project and it has to appeal to everyone and mm -hmm. they end up losing a part of their identity yeah whereas you already have a story if you've made it this far in your life things that have happened to get you here and most of those things are comedic or dramatic <laughs> you can make a story out of what you've already lived and it's so much more efficient to write to your experiences and to what you know mm -hmm. uh, people forget that they get caught up in this bigger ethereal i need to produce an oscar-winning short to get yeah. me yeah that's not necessary especially if it's your first project and i would argue that like you don't know most of the people who've won oscar who with their shorts and I'm, by you i mean jason no because like and not because they're not talented but just because the path is very nebulous to having a sustainable career and there's no one thing that guarantees success for years to come it's a lot of things that add up yeah i feel like in terms of like you know creating that sort of oscar winning um you know short film or even when people like to create videos it's like no one planned to go viral with that specific mm -hmm. video no one really planned to make the short film to win an Oscar. So like if people get so caught up with that, with the numbers, with the accolades and all of that, it's like, just make art to make art and, and to tell a story. Like we were all saying to just share that perspective or tell that story and, and, and all of that. I feel like lots of folks get a bit caught up in the numbers and the, and the virality of, of things. Um, you know, most of the most popular viral videos certainly didn't plan to be that, but they became that. No, and they did. <laughs> And for like a completely like random, not, it's not random at all. It's actually very calculated. But for an example of that, like episode two, which was on YouTube at one point, like I posted it on my channel and it got like, you know, 13,000 views or something. So like not bad, but then the producers posted it on their channel with like half my followers and got like 435,000 views on it. So like there was really no reason, like we didn't even write anything particularly different in our descriptions. It just like that one was seen by the right person or the algorithm pushed it the right way. And like, it was literally the exact same episode. So you just never know. Yeah, I guess that's just a lesson to kind of just, again, just do everything number one and just do like stop worrying about is this going to make it to a million views is this going to make it to the oscars whatever like that's not the point the point is to make something because you have something to say or you want to get something out there as an artist so just do it and keep doing it surround yourself with like-minded people that support you and and eventually something will click you know one of my most recent writing jobs was writing on a kid's show. Um, Q, Jason, again, they let you write for children. But um, <laughs> how I got that job was, a, <laughs> was an animated feature comedy I wrote about my cat and dog growing up. I love my cat and dog. I think they're super cute, but they fought all the time. And that was very amusing to me. And I wrote a whole movie about it and then showed it to an executive who just thought it was really funny and was like, hey, do you want to write on this show? And also it wasn't that direct even like he'd worked at a different company and then he tried to get me on a few shows and it didn't work out. And this was like the third or fourth time that he tried to get me on a show and it worked out this time. So that was also a, a nonlinear path, but B like that was just a movie I wrote over the pandemic because I wanted to and was excited to and it kept me sane in a very dark time. Mm -hmm. 
this is a part of the show that we call the good, the bad, and the ugly, where we sort of talk about our favorite parts of the industry, what needs to change, and then what we feel needs to disappear altogether. Um, yeah. We'll start with the positive. So what is each of your, we'll start, uh, we'll go Tim, Jason, and then Frank. So what is your favorite part of the entertainment industry about being an artist uh, and being mm. in the industry? I guess I love working with other people. Um, and when you're making anything on film, it's so collaborative and you get so many different types of people from all over with different skill sets coming together to make one this one thing this one vision um and when i i like it's a miracle that anything ever gets filmed like mm -hmm. and anything gets made because there's so many you know cooks in the kitchen in the kitchen and um yeah i don't know i i, I love that being on set being surrounded by all these people who have this one goal in mind and uh yeah working together to get that done um, i like the attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Kind of. Um, I think my my favorite part is the fun we get to have the the imaginative playtime um, that we get paid to do like we get paid to walk into like an a set that someone created out of their own imagination, the character we created out of our own imagination, saying words that a writer wrote out of their own imagination, and hopefully a director who's directing, excluding Frank, something <laughs> wonderful outside of their own imagination. <laughs> so it's, it's honestly the coolest job on the planet. And sometimes we lose sight of that, especially if we're like, oh, this is just like a small project, or oh, I'm not getting paid for this, or oh, um, I'm not where I want to be. You're still working in a creative space and you're doing what you love. Mm. People work their entire lives at a nine to five job that they hate. And then they come back home and they're miserable and excluding Tim, come back to their terrible kids. <laughs> Your son is wonderful. <laughs> um, Thank you. And you don't get to experience the joy that we get to experience on a daily basis, including the ups and downs, because I know it's very chaotic and it's it's this career's roller coaster. But when it's good, it's really good. I have to sort of remind young actors a lot that like no matter where you are in your career, there are people who want to be where you are. When we're always like, you know, oh, I'm sick of booking co-stars. I want a guest star. There's an actor who hasn't booked anything who wants a co-star. When you're like, I want a series regular, there's someone who's never booked a guest star who's stuck in the co-star world who wants to move forward to where you are. That's like always important to sort of like look behind you and be like, oh, look at everything I've done so far rather than like, look at everything I haven't because there's way more we haven't done than what we have. Um, yeah. And Frank, also, it like never, it, it, it never ends to your point. Like once you get, once you get those few co-stars or once you get that guest star, then you're like, oh, now I want to be a season regular. Not, you know, so I think it's right. Like you should always kind of take stock and be grateful that like, oh, look how far I've grown. It's mm -hmm. very hard to do that sometimes. Take yeah. the wheels off the goalposts because otherwise yeah. you'll never be happy. Right. It never ends. <laughs> um, I think just that there are so many talented people in so many different ways. Like, and I love that, like, there are people who do so many different tasks that all add together. Like Tim said, it's a wonder anything gets made sometimes when you need so many people to collaborate and have uniformity of purpose to make it happen. But like, 
I mean, watching our sound mixer and boom operator work together, they're like so fast with getting people mic'd up and then like in hiding in the right places to capture the sound. I'm just in awe of them. I'm like, I, what, I, and like sometimes <laughs> I was watching the daily footage back and I was very amused by myself because she was asking for the director. She was like, can you see me? And I go, yeah, I can. And then I was like, I was looking straight at her when I said oh, that. I remember I was like, that. She was not asking <laughs> if she became invisible. What is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and just being, yeah, like we've even like participated in like each other's like stand-up nights and talent shows and whatnot. And I love, there's nothing more magical than watching someone be great at what they do. And there is a lot of greatness in this business that we don't always take time to embrace and encourage. So y'all are great. And in terms of sort of turning the, you know, turning the table there in terms of the bad and the ugly, what is something <laughs> in the entertainment industry that you're just like, why on earth are we still doing this? Why does it still work this way? And, and that needs to change. Uh, Wait, I have on. a list here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <I'm gonna scroll. laughs> oh my God. Um, what needs to change? I guess I still today see breakdowns or, you know, character descriptions in uh for for auditions and there and sometimes they're so i know you want to get a specific person but sometimes they're so horrible and like mm. demeaning um and so i guess that kind of goes to you know just stereotyping people i guess or mm. i don't know I, I still feel like the industry is such like narrow view of of what people can do or who people are um and it's getting better i mean it's way better than what it was but i don't know i i, I guess it, it's that it's so so hard in in la or on film when you you need someone for one specific character trait but to be like oh this character would you know they probably are going to get divorced and they're you know the size of an elephant and all these horrible things that they're a clown like i've heard some crazy things in character descriptions where i'm like why would you why would you put that down and uh send that out like someone actually approved these things right. um i don't know so i guess it's the stereotyping the the pigeonholing um just a narrow view of 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 people in the industry which i just frustrates me uh. And Jason, what about you? So many things that I think need to change um, and so little time. Uh, to piggyback off of Tim, I think the casting directors are wonderful. They are they go through thousands upon thousands of submissions a day. So uh, I understand the the necessity. I applaud them. It's it's thankless work. I mean, they they don't even really have a union. The CSA is not a union. It's just like a membership club from my understanding. Hmm. Uh, so they definitely need a bit more credit. Um, I do find it funny when I see casting notices on sites like Actors Access or LA Casting that are seeking real people only and not actors. Hmm. And that always kind of like rubs me the wrong way a little bit because it's like, you're posting this on Actors Access. What do yeah. you mean real people only, no actors? Right. Um, a... Actors are real people. <laughs> acting uh, is a job, it's a profession. We do have lives outside of acting as well. We are a full realized individual. Um, 
also not the best place to post that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there does need to be more availability of opportunity as well. I understand the need for name actors. It's great marketing. It's easier to get your film um, sold, but submissions that require name actors only. Um, yeah, that's also on actors access. On actors access. It's like they're not submitting themselves. For, their name. Exactly. Name actors are not on actors access looking for jobs. It's right. the rest of. Um, also, it's kind of weird because then you have to like think like, should I submit? Am I a name actor? I don't know if I'm there yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I guess I guess I do have a name. Existential. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um. So just availability of opportunity and the uh, the gatekeeping. I think needs to change a little bit. Um, how are you going to find the best actor if you're putting these qualifications? They need to be a real person or they need to have a name. It's it's just, it sounds whiny to say unfair, but it's unproductive. Um, I don't think we've hit the moment yet where disability is fully counted as an intersection. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of um, deaf people who work on open to it, both behind and in front of the camera. And I just can't help but notice when I look at like, First of all, the people that are on TV, but also like grants and other things that they say, like, we'd love this kind of representation. And then when you see the winners, they don't look like that. So I really want to make sure that access is given to, you know, everybody, honestly. And I have been pleased even in the process here, like I've seen a few festivals like be more diligent about having closed captioning, for instance, and having interpreters. So I think in real time, we are seeing the change. I'm very grateful for that, but I would love people to uh, increase their awareness even more. And uh, we are coming close to our time. So we're going to go hop into our last segment called It's Time for Life's Big Questions. Uh, so Jason, this is very important. If you could have any superpower, which would it be? Uh, um, uh, shape-shifting. <laughs> I'm an actor and I can in book any role. I can look ah! like an <laughs> uh, Tim, self tape or in person audition? Um, uh, in person. For Frank, sure. what movie I, never I like... fails to make you laugh? Yeah. Um, Jason's face. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you love it? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. of the expressions he makes. Like, he just, yeah, he, he tickles me. Both of them do. I'm very happy to be friends with him. Frank, don't tell them about our pastimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you turned down that role, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for another day. <laughs> we'll do a part two. Uh, Jason, in one word, what is your favorite part about acting? Uh, um, uh, payment. <laughs> <laughs> Residuals. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I panicked. <laughs> Tim, what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm filtering, I'm filtering. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, went on a trip, a friend called me up last minute and said, let's go to Hawaii. And I went like literally in two hours and hopped on a plane to Hawaii. Wow. Work. Uh, Frank horror movie or rom-com? Uh, horror movie. I really like horror. And there's usually <laughs> love. It just gets disrupted by zombies. Right. Uh, Jason, what TV show or film do you feel is criminally underrated? Open to it. <laughs> Job security. <laughs> is it underrated if it's only been out for three days? <laughs> yes, it should be. It, it should be at it should the be everywhere of everyone's film things. <laughs> <laughs> 
Best show of the year so far. <laughs> yeah, yes. Why don't we have that headline yet? Oh yeah, that's great. All right, show of the year. <laughs> Actors of the Let's drop out before we could hear that. Shoot. I'm gonna take Vampire Diaries. Say again. Vampire Diaries for my real for my real answer. You think that's underrated? Didn't that run yes, for like? Ten... We're not gonna get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't it still airing? I can't find it anywhere. The vamp. <laughs> My sister said the same thing. She said that show could run forever. I'm like, yeah, but the actors can't look that young forever. They're supposed to be immortal and not age, mm -hmm. but they're getting old. Um, Replace the cast. <laughs> uh, Tim, favorite performance you've seen live? Uh, Nathan Lane in Angels in America. Good choice. It was um, insane. I didn't uh, know if someone could act like that on stage. It was crazy. Uh, Frank, if you could have dinner with any actor, dead or alive, who would it be? Jason Casser. <laughs> He's dead and alive. It's great. I know. It's, it's not... A weird intersection. Undead is yeah. why he hasn't aged. Yeah. Undead, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, what special skill would, on your resume would people be surprised to learn about? Uh, pole dancing. I don't know if they'd be surprised anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like you've posted about it enough, but if they don't know you, then they don't, you know. Fair. And, Fair. Uh, Water polo. Varsity water polo player. Really? And, uh, for everyone uh, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Mm, don't give up. It gets really tough, but don't give up. If you can't see yourself doing anything else, then stick it out. If you can't what see yourself that? doing anything <laughs> else. I'm an actor. I'm... It's a patter song. It's all hyphenated. Just one I didn't long... go to school for math. <laughs> uh, know yourself. Know who you are and what you bring to the table. You have You're stories to tell. That was closer. You have <laughs> stories to tell, and people want to hear them. Love. <laughs> I would replace even uh, need. You have stories to tell, and people need to hear them. Okay. Love. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, and everyone who is listening, everyone who's watching, uh, make sure to watch Open To It on Out TV. Uh, the first episode, the first three episodes are out already. Uh, by the time this, uh, this episode airs, I think the fourth one will be out. And then new episodes every Tuesday until January 16th. Uh, and thank you all so much for joining us today and for chatting about the issues and for sharing your stories uh, about the show. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you all. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Actors with Issues on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit our YouTube channel for full video interviews. Actors with Issues is executive produced and hosted by Juaniala. See you next time.